My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800 ugly face has got to go. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Come on, sing it with me. Your ugly face has got to right, go. Alright, 1-800-87-A-PLAY. Come on in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening. This great land of ours or eh, so-so foreign lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I'm Rick Tittle. Nice to have you with us wherever you might be listening in this great land of ours. The United States of America. Come on in and get heard, whatever might be happening. In your sporting world, coast to coast and border to border, yes, we are on the American Forces Radio Network. Today on the show, uh, Gene Roddenberry's son, Rod Roddenberry, will be coming in. Also, we will have Salesport Talk, as we do on Tuesdays, not hosted by... Um, Karen Lyle or Patty Magnan, but the lovely and talented skipper Marie Rogers. Uh, at 10.12, it says I have the Lone Ranger. That's all it says. I'll have to do a little more research on that. We have <laughs> At 10.30, we have golfer Max Homa, Chief Nakahoma, racist. Uh, not him. Chief Nakahoma was. And then uh, 11.12, we will have director Martin Campbell for his new film, The Protégé. I remember I was working in a shoe store in college, and they said, uh, somebody says, can you get me a Protege? I'm like, what? They go, can you get me a size 11 Protege? I'm like, the Protege? And then they go, ooh, sorry, Mr. Fluent and French. I'm like, I didn't think that was too uh, ostentatious. Anyway, we're here for you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Around the world on AFN, as I mentioned. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. On your TV set, how about CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network, Channel 2, on your cable provider. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle is the Facebook page, fan page, and the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back with Rod Roddenberry. 
Angie's List is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. As I mentioned, it is our distinct pleasure to welcome our guest Rod Roddenberry to the show because on the 19th of this month, it will be the centennial year of Gene Roddenberry, of course, Roddenberry Entertainment's founder and the creator of 
Star Trek. Uh, Rod, tell us a little bit more. Does this mean this would have been your dad's 100th birthday? Is this what we're looking at? Yeah, 100%. He was born in uh, 1921, and uh, this year, August 19th, will be his 100th birthday. Granted, he he did pass uh, uh, back in 91, uh, but the reason uh, we're making it a big deal is not because he was an infamous uh, television creator, but the messages that were in Star Trek are timeless. Uh, they were significant in the 60s when they came out, and Sadly, but importantly, they are just as significant today. Yeah, live long and prosper is pretty timeless, isn't it? Live long and prosper certainly is is one of them, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny, just yesterday I was interviewing a guy who wrote a book about the centennial of the first ever play-by-play in baseball, which was also 1921. Oh, very Well, I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of things that are turned 100 these days, Um just because uh, I truly believe in uh, the philosophy that my father created, just sort of the future where we no longer fear difference and change and work together for the greater good, uh, where we thirst for the diversity, not just in our country, our world, but in the galaxy around us, uh, that is a future worth uh, working towards, in my opinion. No doubt. And also, um, my uh, my late uncle, who was a, a big you know, tennis pro in San Jose growing up, it was a thrill for us. It was like, it got to be 1974, 1975. He played tennis with your dad. And he said, uh, yeah, he said, uh, great guy. And I'm like, what was Gene Roddenberry doing in San Jose? He said, oh, he's a really good guy. And we were all kind of thrilled. We were like, ooh, the Star Trek guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I knew my father was a, he was a golfer for a while. Uh, the tennis, tennis, I didn't see too much of, but, uh, he he had me fairly late in life, and I think golf was sort of what he resorted to. So, uh, girl, but uh, he loved it, and I think he did pretty good. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And I was thinking too about you know when you grow up with a famous father, um, and it's one thing if your dad's an athlete or a movie star, but this is an entirely different thing. Um, it's a complete way of life for a lot of people. So, what was that like when your dad was basically uh, you know royalty to these people? Well, sure. The the condensed version of the story is, is as a young kid, uh, you know, I was just self-involved, um, privileged in many ways, didn't really pay attention to the world and didn't really give a you know what about Star Trek. I Star Wars was exciting. Star mm-hmm. Wars was fun. Star Wars was adventure. Uh, in Star Trek, you had characters that were talking about uh, humanity and the world and the way things are. Um, that really didn't hit me. And I was somewhat of a late bloomer until after my father passed away, after I was 17 where I heard stories and, and letters written to my father, people saying how Star Trek impacted their life, whether they were in a, a situation that, that uh, they were told they couldn't become anything, they were held back, perhaps they had a handicap, whatever the case was, it gave them hope for the future. And many of those letters ended with, today, now, I'm married, have three kids, and I'm successful at whatever I do. And so for a TV show, and, I'm, and then there have been a few to do this, but for a TV show to inspire someone to reach beyond their perceived limitations, uh, that is something special, and that's something I want to celebrate this year. Is it true? Because, you know, I, I, I'm i 56. I grew up with Star Trek reruns. Um, but is it true that when it ran, it didn't run for too many years, and it really didn't get amazing ratings, that it was really it, it in reruns is when it really kind of took off? You're 100% correct. Uh, it ran for three seasons. In fact... A lot of people out there who know Star Trek heard the, that the first pilot that my father created was turned down by NBC at the time, was turned down by the studio 
because it was essentially too cerebral. It wasn't that exciting. So my father got the chance to make another uh, pilot, and it had, you know, more uh, uh, laser fights and a fist fight but with a bad guy. And, and that, as my father says, sold the show. Um, but it only went three seasons, and each season was a battle. And it, it just took time to get out there. It was the young kids, and this is during Vietnam, the young kids who are really sort of into it. They're, 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 they want this future. But the general public really didn't grab onto it until much later, until reruns. I had William Shatner on the show, man, almost 20 years ago. But I, I brought up the episode with the green woman because, yeah. you know, for a young kid, I, I was, <laughs> he practically molested her. And yes. uh, <laughs> he said, the paint came off in my hands. So yep. what's it like to still have Shatner around and, and to, you know, chat with him about old times? Uh, I don't talk to him too often, but I mean, he, he's, uh, he's amazing. I mean, he's, he's done so incredibly well for himself. Um, he's, he's kicking. He's, he's, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. Um, and he's, a uh, he's really, he, he made the original series uh, an incredible series. I mean, as did the rest of the cast, but you know, it's hard to imagine the original series without a Kirk. Yeah, I know you got to run. So tell us about hashtag ThinkTrack and other things that are encompassing this uh, centennial year. Well, uh, you know, what, what we're doing is doing what a lot of people do. We're trying to get online. We're trying to get the message out there. Anyone out there who sees anything that that reminds them of Star Trek, whether it's a cloud in the sky, whether it's two forks in a, in a cup that in the shape of the Enterprise, we're just asking them to take a picture and get it out there. The idea is just to get the the idea of Star Trek spread throughout the internet. The idea behind that is really to get the messaging out there. Uh, today, just as the 60s, we need hope for the future. We need people to believe in each other and want to work together for a better future. So, so we're really trying to get that out there with this Think Trek campaign. So if anyone out there sees anything that even looks maybe like the delta shape, the, the triangle symbol of Star Trek or anything, just take a picture and, and put the hashtag ThinkTrek. It's a, it's a fun message. Great stuff. And by the way, do they still teach Klingon at some schools? I don't think they ever actually taught Klingon at any schools, <laughs> but you can, on your own volition, go learn Klingon if you want to. All right. Great stuff from Rod Roddenberry celebrating his father's 100th birthday, the centennial year, centennial year of Gene Roddenberry. And uh, once again, hashtag ThinkTrek. Rod, thanks for dropping by, man, and um, congratulations on the project. Absolutely, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Live uh, long and prosper, everyone. All right. You too. Um, the, my uncle, who was, uh, you know, as I said, he was um, no longer with us, but when he was in San Jose, he uh, was kind of a little tennis pro, and so he would hit with a lot of people. And um, there was one time, and I can't say who, I know it's kind of bad radio, but let's just say he was the famous owner of a casino. And that guy would hit with him, and he'd say, when are you going to come work for me? When are you going to come work for me? And my uncle would be like, ha, ha, ha. No, seriously, you got to come work for me. You're a great guy. I'm going to give you a job anytime you want, huh? And he would hit with him all the time. And then um, <laughs> they actually, the place closed. My uncle got laid off. And so my aunt was like, well, you know that blah blah the casino owner he'd been trying to hire you for years and so my uncle said he went up to his office and he's like hey how's it going he's like good good um 
I just want to let you know, and I didn't know if you were kidding or not, but I actually don't have a job anymore, and you said about a 100 times you wanted to hire me, so it, was that real? Do you have a job? And the casino owner said, get the F out of my office. He's like, okay, I guess you didn't mean it. <laughs> I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 That's 800-754-4531 do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759. Again, that's 800 449 1759. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. That's 800-251-7460. Thank you. 
This is Karen Lyle with Salesforce Talk. Welcome today. And today we have as our guest Tim Clark, the Commodore of the California Yacht Club. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Karen. Thanks for having me. So where, where are you calling in from today? I'm in Marina del Rey, so, where the uh, J70 Regatta was. That's right, and you had a great race. Oh, it's so good to hear about great races right now in the pandemic. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the people who participated? We had several different countries participating in this race. We certainly did. Yeah, we had 10 countries, uh, 61 teams. Um, it was an amazing turnout considering everything that we've been through as a, as a country, as a world. Um, so to get these teams into the U.S. was, uh, was a great achievement. Um, and everyone had a, an amazing five days of racing, um, preluded by probably four or five days of training. Um, so it was uh, an event that was equal to a world championships. Um, we had a lot of teams from South America and uh, Europe as well. And uh, the feedback um, around the club during the event was really good. Everyone had a great time. Um, some tough racing out there. World Championship uh, caliber races. A couple of Olympians thrown in there. So uh, it was certainly tough out on the water. Um, but we, we had a great time as a team. And as I say, everyone else did as well out there. Well, and Tim, we also have with us in the studio Patty Mangan, and she's going to ask you the next question. Um, hi, Tim. Hey, as a Commodore okay. of PICYA up here in Northern California, um, I can feel for you in terms of our leadership in this particular year, and uh, and I can also feel the thrill of being able to accomplish uh, a world-class competition. How yeah, Patty, um, it's... It- Go no, go ahead. Yeah, it's been tough, uh, and you're in the same seat as I am, and you, you, you've experienced it for uh, your club. And um, we didn't do any racing last year, not at all. Uh, we couldn't get out in the water. We put the safety of our, our club members uh, first and foremost, so we didn't get out there. Um, and this year we, we've managed to do um, the club racing and obviously host this major regatta. Um, and a lot of that comes down to perseverance um, by the J70 class and the club to make it happen. We, we stuck at it. There was many times we could have walked away, uh, but we didn't. And that was the leadership of, of our club. And as I say, as the, as, as the class, they wanted to make this happen. Uh, it was meant to happen last year in 2020, um, but we all stuck at it. And um, it's, it's just obviously everyone knows it's been super tough. Um, and to get out in the water and do the sport that we're so passionate about, I think meant a huge amount to everyone, for sure. Yes, yes. Well, speaking speaking of thrashing about in the water, you were out there racing, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I, I, wore, I wore two hats for this last week, um, as Commodore of the club and also as a competitor, and uh, I don't know which one was harder, if I'm honest. Uh, I, probably the competitor side. Uh, it's a tough week. Um, what's so great about the J70 class is it has the, the Corinthian aspect of it, so you can compete as a Corinthian team, and you're recognized within that fleet. So we were racing against the pros, but also racing against uh, our fellow Corinthian uh, competitors. And uh, and that's, that's great for the, the teams which um, have a smaller budget and, and maybe don't want to spend as much, and we're able to still get recognized 
Um, but we, we, we fared okay. Uh, it was tough at times, but we finished in the top 10 of the Corinthian fleet, so we're happy with that. Um, and, and thanks to, thanks to my team for, for putting it all, all together as, as I was able to kind of step on and help them out throughout the week. Um, Tim, one of the things that I know, uh, we hosted the Clipper race, uh, over at South Beach Yacht Club a few years back. And you have to compete to host. Uh, and, a, and a, you have to pitch anyways, right? Um, <clears throat> yes. And so this particular, the World 70, J70s goes around the world. Do you know where it will go next? Yeah, it, it's heading to Monaco next year. Oh. Um, which, which, would be, which would be an amazing place to go and compete. Um, I know a lot of the, uh, the, the, the professional teams are heading that way next year, and they'll continue their training regime. Um, I don't know how many of the Corinthian uh, teams can probably make it out there. Um, it's yeah. quite an expensive place to travel yes. to. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the, the bidding process for, uh, to host the championship of this level is, is a big one. And, uh, we had our, our regatta chair who did so much amount of work leading up to this event, um, starting back in 2018, really. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Honeywire, who, uh, did all the work, uh, with the team here at CYC. Uh, but she was the leader of it all, uh, and she pulled it all together. Um, and not all not all clubs can host a regatta of this this magnitude. Uh, we have um, the facility, we have the assets in place where we can do this, um, and it's a great privilege that we were selected. And uh, we feel like we we did the, the best job we could. And, and as I say, it was it was great to do it. Feedback was exceptional um, and we're really pleased with our final product and hope the J70 fleet will remember us here at California Yacht Club. Tim, um, you you have an opportunity with um, that great location there in Marina del Rey and and a, a mix of amateur and professional um, racers on, on out there in Southern California. What was the weather like? And tell us a little bit about the experience and the winds and, you know, where, where the sail course was. So we raced in Santa Monica Bay, um, kind of just off Santa Monica Pier, Venice Pier, um, kind of depending on the wind direction. Um, it, during the summer, uh, Santa Monica Bay is a, a very good wind machine, um, especially in August. Uh, you rely on the heating inshore, and we get a good uh, a small gradient breeze which is pumped up by the thermal breeze, and we, we normally get great conditions. Now, of course, the week of the J70 Worlds, we had a, a, a small uh, hiccup <laughs> where it was a little lighter than we expected. Um, we had a great first day. Um, second day was super light, and we weren't able to get any racing in. Um, uh, but then things started to pick up again, and uh, we got um, some great racing in over the weekend. Um, Saturday was probably our best day with breeze in the mid-teens, um, which is great. Um, and I, it's nice to have a variation of, of wind strength over the week as well. Kind of brings the best out of everyone. If you struggle in a particular, uh, wind strength, um, then it, it you, you're going to get found out pretty quick, um, which we certainly did as a team. Um, we, we were, we're a San Francisco team, um, primarily. So with the light breeze, it was a challenge. Um, but that's great. It's a world championship. Everyone gets the same conditions and you do the best you can. Um, and the top guys, well, they come out on top because they can deal with it. Um, Peter Duncan and team, um, 
did an exceptional job and uh, uh, and came out on top of, of the whole fleet. Um, but it was great. It was super, super warm. Um, the typical LA lifestyle that that, that, that you see um, and experience is what we managed to give our competitors. Um, and, and a nice thing about this J70 fleet as well, um, just uh, segueing a little bit, is that um, a lot of teams bring their families, wives, kids. So it's exceptional to have um, the venue of the world in a, in a place which not only gives you good sailing, but gives you a good, a good place to go vacation. Um, and here in L.A., and particularly Marina del Rey, um, it, it, it gives that. And um, it's great that people can enjoy the racing. Um, and again... Uh, the breeze doesn't really pick up till the afternoon, so it's not like we're starting at 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, we're heading out to the race course uh, for a 12.30 start, three or four hours in the water, and then back to the club um, where we did some great hosted evenings of, of food and beverages um, and giving everyone, uh, not, I say not only the competitors, but everyone who comes along with it, their family members, friends, coaches, and also our club members who may not be competing, um, but it gives... When you have 61 teams, around 400 sailors kind of walking around the club, the vibe is phenomenal, especially if we haven't had that vibe for 18 months now due to COVID. Um, to see the, the club alive and pumping was, was fantastic, and a lot of our members took advantage of that just to be around it and enjoy it and embrace it. And for our listeners that are just tuning in to this great vibe on Salesport Talk, we're here on Sports Byline in San Francisco Speaking with Tim Clark, Commodore of the California Yacht Club, and I'm Karen Lyle, co-hosting with Patty Mangan. And Patty, go ahead and take the next question. Well, I was going to say there are five yacht clubs there in Marina Del Rey. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Is, yeah. is there any collaboration when it um, it comes to all of these boats having to come into uh, the harbor? Uh, great question, Patty, and thank you for bringing me up because I, I've been amiss in not mentioning. Uh, we did certainly partner with uh, our, our neighbors, uh, Delray Yacht Club, which are just across the water from us, um, and they helped hugely uh, with assets, uh, lock set boats, um, volunteers um, to get uh, out on the water helping with uh, race appreciation. So, um, yeah, big thanks to Delray Yacht Club. Um, and even before... Uh, uh, when we were planning for the 2020 um, event before COVID, they were willing to host some of our boats uh, and do all manner of things. So they really stepped up, and we appreciated it uh, hugely. And also, um, when I talk about volunteers helping uh, on the water, we have probably 50 volunteers every day out there helping on the racing, let alone the shore side of things. Um, and it's not ju- not just our club members who are helping, but also... Um, other, other members from other clubs all around the marina who just want to help uh, put, put, the, put the spotlight on Marina Del Rey and do a good job. So thanks to all those as well. Well, thank you, Tim. I think, thank you. I think that wraps up our time. Is that correct, Karen?
This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk. Let me share with you a conversation I had recently with Sir Robin Knox Johnson. Among his many sailing accomplishments, he and Sir Peter Blake were inducted into the International Sailing Federation Hall of Fame for setting the record for the fastest circumnavigation in 1994. Sir Robin, you were the inaugural inductee to the International Sailing Hall of Fame. Tell us about that recognition experience. Um, it was the first time, it was called ISAF then, International Sailing Federation. And that was the first time they did it, and Peter Blake and I jointly were inducted, which was fair. It was... You know, nice to be recognized, really. And it means that I've got an awful lot of people around the world in sailing that I can pick up the phone to or email and chat to. You know, we talk about loads of things, but, you know, I'm talking to people in America, Australia, New Zealand, all the rest of it. And we have, um, we have an understanding. We sort of respect each other. And it's great to talk to people who I think are probably ahead of the game. After all your years of sailing on the ocean, do you ever think you know the seas and have mastered them? All of us who go to sea, we can't afford to be arrogant. The sea will get us if we start thinking we're arrogant. The sea is always dangerous. And I think the one thing we share, those of us who cross oceans, is respect for the sea and respect for each other who've done it. And it's a wonderful fraternity, that. And it's international. It doesn't know natural boundaries. It's something we just share between us. If you've sailed a good voyage, well, I'm interested. And, you know, you've done well to do it. And I think we have that wonderful friendship amongst ocean sailors. And long may it last. Tell us about your Indian Ocean experience. Yeah, I spent um, five years of my life uh, as a commercial sailor, going from Bombay to Basra and Bombay to Mombasa. So, yeah, and I sailed across it in Suhaili, my boat, after I built her in India, sailed out to Arabia, down to Mombasa, down the coast. So, yeah, I know the Indian Ocean quite well. As founder of the Clipper Around the World race, you've trained many amateurs to undertake difficult ocean voyages. In 2020, before the race was suspended due to the coronavirus, tell us about your sailors. This latest race, I've got 44 nationalities. So, you know, it's become very international. But the wonderful thing about it is, I look at the crews as they come in from a long voyage. Um, and particularly, uh, if you're going from China to Seattle, that's a very tough voyage across the North Pacific. And you watch them come in. I remember one guy coming up to me and saying, that's the toughest thing I've done in my life. But now I feel I'm a proper sailor. And I thought, well, bloody good on you. Well done, because you have achieved something special. 5,000 miles across the North Pacific at this time of year, well done. Those are the things that give me a big, big boost, frankly. Watching the people change, get more confident, become better sailors. They realize they've taken on nature in the raw, and they come away saying, I've done something special in my life, and they had. This is Karen Lyle, back again with Salesport Talk on Sports Byline, broadcasting to the American Forces Network in 177 countries to 100 million people, plus iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many more. And I'm here in the studio in San Francisco with Patty Mangan, and we have on the line the champion of the J70 Worlds Championship, Peter Duncan. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Yep. And so you had some pretty stiff competition on this race. Yeah, that was, um, well, you know, it's a series of races, and um, it was um, very stiff competition, and it went right down to the wire, so it was very exciting. 
We had, uh, we've had some of the others on the show, Ian Williams, and, uh, were there any moments that you had out there on the water that, um, that you thought were just, um, particularly exciting tense? Do you want to tell us about? <laughs> sure. So we went into the last race, um, I think we were, you know, ahead of, uh, the second place boat by a couple of points. The, third place boat by six points and the fourth place boat by ten points and we did not have a particularly uh, great you know great start in the last race and so you were relatively we, obscure we were <laughs> relatively <laughs> obscure that is for sure and the um and we got up to the top weather mark the first weather mark and um we realized that uh we had a lot of problems and we um Luckily had a, had a very exceptional first run and, um, uh, ate up a lot of distance and got very close to the boats that we had to, uh, get by and, and we did. So it was a little tense. Yes. That, that first run, run was very tense. The, the winning shot, uh, taken by, uh, Sharon Green, the shot of the four of you at the end of the race, um, shows the, uh, and, uh, you know the thrill of it all it shows how happy you guys are. Yeah, well, it, you know, as we've been out, we started, um, you know, practicing. We did an event uh, at Marina Del Rey and Cal Yacht Club back in early June, and we came out. And we practiced a great deal before the event, and um, so yeah, we were absolutely relieved and uh, and over the top uh, with a with the victory. Now you're East Coast. How do you pull your crew together? Um, so you know, this is that's an interesting question. So I've been sailing with uh, a bunch of different folks for a number of years, and this team, um, two of the guys, and I have been sailing uh, together since about 2016, 2017. Um, so that's Willem Van Way and Victor Diaz de Leon. They were with me in 2017 when we won our first world championship in Sardinia. Um, and we had Judd Smith with us that year. And um, our fourth this year, Morgan Trubovich, um, he actually was acting as our coach. And um, we realized that our team was, was too light for this event. And... Um, we switched Morgan into uh, racing with us, so it, was, uh, it, it worked out well. Thank goodness. Are you going to be competing in the in the other other races of the series? And if so, what's the next one? So, yeah, our, our, kind of my uh, next event is to um, do something in the, at, uh, Newport for the it's New York Yacht Club um, International event and. Um, then I'll start sailing down in Florida. I, I sail three different types of boats, and so my next one design stuff will be down in Florida racing uh, etchels, and that probably starts in December. That is a lot of diversity. Yeah, we sell Melges 24s as well, and it's, it makes it fun. Oh, yeah. Um there was something I was going to ask. Well, I was going to mention that your boat's name is Relative Obscurity. So that's when why I brought that up. <laughs> that's right. And so, <laughs> why that name? So, um, I happened to be in the real estate business in uh, New York City, 
and uh, in the last uh, turndown in the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, um, I put together a partnership to buy a building, um, which was known as Worldwide Plaza, here in New York City, a pretty big building, and the market was in the was not in very good shape, uh, the stock market, the real estate market. And um, there was a article about our acquisition of this property in the um, Wall Street Journal, and they said the relatively obscure Peter Duncan acquired this thing. So that's, that's my uh, claim to fame. Oh, my goodness. You know, in, um, in racing, in sailing racing, um, there's three factors. We've got the wind, the water, and of course the um, crew. And in the one design, of course, you eliminate any um, advantages that a particular boat designs might bring to the to the um, to the table. And I think that you know the wind was a real big factor down in uh, Santa Monica this past weekend. And I don't I don't know how many sports can really come to a complete dead stop without that third partner. Um, you know, baseball, they'll, they'll, they'll play in the rain. Football, they'll play in the rain. <laughs> but um, sailing is really, really uh, counts on Mother Nature. Oh, I, absolutely. And, you know, the conditions were tough because, you know, you're out on the, you're out on the Pacific Ocean. You're, it can be quite choppy. And when the breeze is light, it's, it's, it's very difficult sailing. Um but you know, it was uh, everybody had to had to sail through the same stuff. So you know, you just gotta you just gotta face it and and go after it. And luckily, you know, you, you, the third element you said is the crew. And you know, I think it's like any uh, team sport. It's it's your team that counts, and um, you just have to have uh, team members who understand what they're what they're supposed to do and work hard at doing it well, which uh, luckily certainly our case. You're listening to Salesport Talk on Sports Byline, and if you happen to be in Europe somewhere, perhaps Italy, where Peter Duncan won his Worlds, then you'll be hearing us on TuneIn and um, all around the world. Peter, tell us a little bit about your crew. I want to hear about those members and how you chose them or, or anything you'd like to say. Well, so it's it's a great crew. Um, so um, Morgan Trubovich uh, joined us. As I said, he was coaching us, and we brought him on um, specifically for this event, and because um, we needed a little added weight, which he was able to bring to the table. And Morgan uh, has a huge sailing background. He's uh, done multiple America's Cups. Um, and you know sales consistently throughout the year, and um, just a great, great experience and great knowledge. Willem Van Way, um, he's kind of our as a he's from California, from San Diego. Morgan lives in uh, Morgan Trubovich lives in Connecticut, uh, but Willem's in actually Coronado, not San Diego, and. Um, Again, huge sailing background, been doing, been sailing one design boats um, his entire life, and has a you know and has a real affinity to the J70 class. He is actually 
the most winning, uh, world's winning uh, person ever. He's won third, three uh, world championships. He won one with uh, with another team. Um, I think in 2015. Um, but great talent, tremendous trimmer, and then our tactician is uh, a young fellow by the name of Victor Diaz de Leon. Exceptional talent um, with high energy and um, always working hard. So it's you know it was a great team. I mean, you just have an old guy in the back of the boat staring. You know, it's, <laughs> it worked out okay. What got you into sailing? Um, well, so. Luckily, my uh, parents, we moved to a, a town in Westchester County in, in uh, called Rye, New York. And when they were looking at uh, clubs to join, even though my father was a golfer, they elected to join American Yacht Club, though they had no <laughs> sailing experience just because they liked the, the, the people. And they took the sailing um very well, and my mother actually ended up being, uh, she was on four, you know, women's North American championship teams. Wow. And, um, and that's what we did. We just grew up, you know, our parents would let us off at the, at the club, and we were at American Yacht Club, and we all went to the junior sailing camp there, and, um, that was just kind of what we did. And is, are you still affiliated with that yacht club, or any? I am. Uh, I was actually a former Commodore of American Yacht Club. Oh, my so, goodness. Um, so <laughs> spent a lot of time there. Yep. <laughs> I'm Commodore with uh, PICYA here in Northern California. The, oh, great. Yeah. Great. So we're all going through uh, different times, to, you know, these different leadership uh, roles in sailing, racing, uh, even race management, which I also do. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're looking back over your history of racing, can you think of a particular location that you raced in that just just absolutely thrilled you to be there? Uh, you know, I've, luckily I've been able to sail in a lot of different spots, including Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, one of my favorites, uh, of course, is uh, Cows, England. I mean, Cows is all about sailing and racing sailing uh i love cows um sardinia was was exceptional uh for sure um so i would say probably those are two of my favorites cows and sardinia i think it's really interesting the structure of the the yacht clubs like in sardinia you have his royal highness the aga khan who's the um the owner of the club but the social the, the the Commodore and the social um, network and, and leadership is, is very different, which is different than we have here in America where we own our own clubs as members. Um, did you notice any difference in the way things behaved as far as the race based on that, or was the ownership kind of really in the background? No, the, the, the ownership really was in the background. They did, a, they did a great job over there. Just They made it very, uh, you wouldn't have known that, that it was owned by one person. It, it was great. So what do you think about youth sailing and, and bringing new people into the into sailing? Have you are any of the the clubs or that you're involved in making an outreach especially with inclusion? Yeah, I think um I think they are. There's um you know, what I'm really glad to see is there's just so much um 
you know, more sailing in, in public high schools now, uh, which I think is is a big step in the right direction. And um, there are a lot of, you know, programs out there that are trying to be very inclusive. Um, it's it's very important for, I think, all sports, but especially for a sport like sailing to be much broader, for sure. I believe Siebel's, uh Sailing Center has uh, funded boats across the U.S. Are you aware of that program? Yes, I, I, I have heard of it, yeah. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. If you were to give one tip for those who are coming up in the ranks to be professional sailors, um, and and what what would you say would be an important thing for them to keep in mind? Well, listen, I think it's it's like any any sport. Um, you got to have a little bit of humility. Some days are going to be better than others, and and the most important thing is to constantly just keep learning. That's all you. That's what we do every day that we go out sailing because every day is new. And uh, keep, an, keep an open mind. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming, Peter Duncan. This is Karen Lyle and Patty Mangan with Salesport Talk. And we'll be, you'll be listening to us next week, and we'll be talking to some new guests. Thank you. Thank you. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, 
My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771-800-410-4771-800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. This is Karen Lyle, and I'm sitting here in Sports Byline in Rick Tittle's seat. In fact, I'm sitting with Patty Mangan. We just finished a little segment on Salesport Talk, and we get to finish out this last couple of minutes at the end of the show. But usually Rick gets to make comments after I'm gone about whatever happened with uh, the sailing show, and I don't have a chance to say anything, so now I get to sit in his seat and make comments about Rick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the first time that I that I sat in the seat that you're in, Patty, um, with uh, Rick was in 2015, and we were doing a spotlight that featured Bernie Williams, and we were talking about Bernie Williams' music. And I remember when I sat down, um, Darren just brought me, and he didn't give Rick much much of an introduction. And Rick says he doesn't remember this, but but I'm going to tell on him a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically, you know, he kind of gave me the look like, you know, look, I've been in this broadcast business for like, you know, I don't know, Hundred years, well, I mean, thirty-five or whatever, however long it had been. Who are you? <laughs> had no idea that we were going to become such great friends and be able to do this Salesport talk show. And um, when I had a, a couple of opportunities later to do um, a couple more music and sports spotlights, that was actually what led to this first um, concept for Salesport Talk. And you know, because I realized sailing wasn't in in the mainstream sports talk, and it's a it's been a sport that's been around longer than a lot of other sports, and so since the, since the first Olympics, and, well before that, but th- in terms of a competition, right, right. But then radio came along in about 1939 or somewhere along there, Goodness. and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it became the dominant factor for right. for sports and and the concept of people calling and talking and stuff. Well, anyway, it's such a great opportunity to be here. On Sports Byline in Rick Tittle's show with Salesport <laughs> Talk every week. <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. All right, next week. <laughs> 